In this episode of Grit, we join comedy producer David Allison to discuss his journey and insight into the world of live comedy. He's worked across light entertainment, documentary, and formatted shows. David's perspectives are a humbling and authentic look at what it means to be a producer, a multitasker, and a James of all trades. Okay, so today we're jumping over to London, England, uh, to talk to comedy producer David Allison. Uh, hi, Dave. Hello. Hi, John. Nice to see you again. Yes. We 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 are talking literally as the as England goes back into a lockdown. I hope I hope everything's everything's cool over there. Well, no, no, it's not. It's not cool. I mean, it's cold. Uh, but, <laughs> um, no, it's a it's a bit rubbish. Um, I understand it's needed, but I don't think it's been. I mean, it's it's it's, it's a common it's a common story or reaction how poorly this whole thing has been handled. And my personal experience, it's been really really challenging. Just you know, for the work for the work that I do and what my my life involves exactly because you, you you're just for the context of the audience you're a live predominantly a live comedy producer with a background in tv production and and you obviously do still media media production generally and the yeah. two uh, uh, overlap but obviously as a live comedy producer this must be oh it's devastating it's it's killed it's really decimated the whole um industry and opportunities for, I mean, it's all the, it's all the people I know, all the comedians that I know, all of the producers, promoters, um, agents, they it's really, really devastated the whole industry. Um, and that's, and it's, and it's hard, you know, so, so many plans and gigs were, were made, uh, start of the year festivals and um i mean not ed fringe is a is the big one and mm-hmm. this this is what this is what every our lives are about and plan towards and then suddenly yeah the rug has just been pulled and oh what what do we do now what do we yeah. do? i don't know what um yeah so it's 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 been it's been a challenge for for many um i have a different experience as a i'm not a performer so i produce i make the things or the shows happen so it's so it's mm. different um and and probably fortunately i have more transferable skills there's not really when when if you're if you're a comedian full time Mm. Where, where do you go with that where i mean you think oh that'd be what what job you know the whole the whole rishi 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 sunak suggesting oh yeah be going to cyber uh, you know yes yeah. you don't want comedians in real normal jobs <laughs> i know them no no for sure <laughs> there's there's a reason they became comedians yeah right? yeah oh, yeah do, do you want to just outline um what you do as a comedy producer could uh, it would probably help the audience to understand because you don't you don't just sort of produce stand up shows you 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 do formatted shows so do you want to explain kind of like what 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 it means to be a comedy producer in the context that you that you do it yes um it's in many ways it's the same as the, there are producers for the stand up shows and that's organizing 
an event, um, dealing with a venue. Um, I mean, a, produ- a producer, I suppose, probably to go back, what does what is a producer? It's I've always been a producer. Yeah. In my and 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 my understanding of what it is is just making things happen and getting mm. other people to do things under your stewardship or guidance to make yeah. a thing happen. So it's it's kind of responsibility for everything but not perform not to be the actual show um and so with live comedy you need to get a booking you need to get somebody wanting to essentially you need someone wanting to be an audience and how i probably should say my primary thing with my shows was to i invented a format of a show which was specifically at the start to for private audiences so not putting on a show see who comes it was yeah. that was the starting point for for me and that's and that's that's important mm. so that's my i had no idea about how how to go about putting on a a show for the public and see who turns up and you know the mechanisms and the role other different people of a to do with a venue to do with a promotions and all of that type of thing that wasn't where i started it was all about doing a private show yeah and the format led that so yes i have found myself creating formatted personalized personalized bespoke type shows for an audience that i'll already know or anticipate that's right. that's that's, that, that's a different starting point now now i have been putting the same format shows on open to the general public trying to persuade them to come and see the format show and then that's required me to understand learn some marketing and reaching out to people i don't know so those are um very different they they do run together um and yeah there's still there's still a vast amount to learn about selling um to to a bigger audience and i've i'm not i oh god i never did a i never really got a mailing list <laughs> right at the beginning you know and then it's that's my biggest regret is not getting on top of that and understanding how to manage that information and yeah build a mailing list of course i've got friends or through the different social media channels mm. and followers but i was slow to get a organized mailing list and that um is a thing and is, is, is did you did you go into devising this format uh, i suppose like your, your your background in tv uh you'd, you'd been an entertainment producer and 
so your natural leaning is to kind of focus on the creative direction of a format and then just kind of it feels like you 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 started kind of prototype testing it and learning prototype testing and learning is, is that a fair reflection i i would say i'm i i'm a idea an idea creator an idea <laughs> ideator what well, there's a, there's a yeah. word isn't there that the i can't help but think of oh i wonder how that happens or how to do that i get it when i get interested in something and i don't know where so it's so yes it's started started um with tv maybe i studied law at university i got a law degree didn't want to be a lawyer that um i love it really interested in law i'm interested in our um debate finding another argument finding another twist on a thing um and while i was at university i joined the tv society and thought i want to tell stories i want to investigate something i want to learn something i don't know and and so i'm just endlessly curious of what of the world life and um and so the tv society was appealed someone must one of a student must have said something exciting in the whatever freshers week um but I've, I've, i'd always filmed i'd always gone and done filming when i was younger anyway for just pissing about with with a home video camera and yeah um but there's there's never been a specific focus of why or understanding why there wasn't a thing of being oh how it looks always always interested in films but no not, i don't not a cameraman not a camera person yeah. like more like to mess about and do something different so i think do something different look into something different curious about something i don't know that's the starting drive for me and and diving in so i'm good at diving in taking a chance so when i was at uni there was um to join the tv society to get access to a camera but what oh what we're going to make a film about talking to a friend his sister won a journalism prize or something for an article about transvestites um i didn't know what a transvestite was then and so i looked you know that oh that's different looked into it was it was interesting um was aware of eddie's art i suppose co- coincidentally you know that sort of yeah yeah, sort area, of ran yeah. along you know so wasn't looking for a comedy link at that point at all but um that was my awareness and so that mm. i the idea for that documentary was to explain the difference between transvestites transsexuals and drag queens that was the concept because i had just learnt the difference and i thought right. oh, gotcha. that, yeah, yeah. that's that's interesting i don't think anybody I, I, anybody i know knows the difference so and, and and this must have been what 20 odd years ago mm-hmm. 
so the, the, the awareness of these issues was very low. Yes, exactly. Yeah, no media about exactly. Yes, the, the 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 great discussions that have kind of had about the various aspects of of binary, non-binary, trans, etc., just hadn't happened then. Yeah, you're right. That's mm. that's why that's why I pursued it when I when I'm surprised when I'm um, I never knew that. Right. Yeah. You know that's like an edge and I guess and I think that thought that in, informs all of my idea creation or things to pursue to go and do so, so something sort of comes along that you're fascinated by yeah and and then you continue to pull at the thread I suppose yeah. to see how it unravels yeah absolutely yeah, yeah that's a really yeah. that's a really good um, metaphor for that yeah did you then kind of graduate and then think this is what I want to do then. Yes, it did it did materialise in yeah, this is this is where I want to sort of go, but not specifically documentary. And I um was looking around how to get into TV. So there's it's like very different, but I knew I liked getting a camera to go and film something different and interesting. Um, but TV, I applied for the big breakfast essentially, you know, so I, I, that was great. You know, one of my favorite shows at the, um, then, and that was very exciting. My, my, and my ex-girlfriend, she, she had left uni um, a year before me and she got into MTV. So she, so that was relevant to, quickly learn where the access points might be in the profession of film making tv making yeah it was still it was still super vague as to where and what direction but got on um, applied to the internship scheme that um oh planet 24 for, is it Clayton? Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the production company. Clayton 24, yeah. the production company for Big Breakfast. So I've, I I, was drawn to a digital path. Yeah, and, the, and I think this, this was a time when kind of digital was massively emerging in the UK as a, and, and it, as an opportunity as, as, as a content creator as well. Because, yeah. I, I mean, I, I remember probably around the time you're talking about being on an email list from Charlie Brooker, which was basically what became, uh, what was it called? This is TV. Or so it was his, his, he, he used to write these funny Radio Times, like TV listings. And it would, I think he was working as a runner or something, and it would be sent around. And there, was, there were the, these various people in the UK kind of starting to emerge in digital spaces who now, when you look back on it, a lot of those people kind of took over TV and took over. They, they kind of run the show now. <laughs> when, when, yeah. I, when I was at when I was at the Big Breakfast as a runner, um, yes. the producer. Um, I mean, he, he wasn't the head producer. He's one of several producers um, that I worked with and was gathering props or things for his ideas for the for the show. Uh, was Dan Mazer, who's now making movies with. Sasha Baron Cohen and and oh and you know he's like a megastar. I I didn't have a like a 
a relationship with him. I was one of a team of runners doing shit yeah. for him. You know, yeah, yeah. like, go and get us a stuffed penguin for this thing that we're going to do tomorrow. Or we need uh, 50 cups and saucers for uh, another thing. No idea what was going to happen. Never saw the scripts. Never saw the the thing, what was emerging. And, and it was only a couple of times that I went to the studio and did see the realisation of what the work in the office as a runner was. Um, but it's super exciting because it was so random. Um, but, but, but is that where you kind of got a sense of, and um, it's obviously very formative, but is that where you kind of get a sense of how a production works, kind of the randomness of it, and you start to see how a format comes together and kind of items come together. Like you start, it, it's a weird doing an internship like that because if you keep your eyes open to it, you suddenly, everything starts to click into place because I don't think anyone can, you couldn't read a book on how to do this. You kind of have to experience it. Yeah. Oh, totally. It was, it was the best, it was such a... Um, a great opportunity to see because see that scale of production and creativity and structures of teams or the the difference between a runner a researcher a director a producer in cohorts but also separate teams also with that structure because the show itself was daily, there needed to be a schedule to swap over our, you know, who's responsible for which bit, which day. But there's also got to be an overriding connection and understanding of the structure, the you know, format. That's the yeah format to have something fulfilling a style and an approach, a... But it's not it's not laid out to you when you're there. No one's giving you the because it's too complicated. There's there's so many people involved. You have you just to, have to do your bit. Yeah, yeah. And you have to ask questions. And and I can't. I I ask a lot of questions. And I I am interested. And it's the sometimes it's the more. Um, sort of mundane questions, practical questions that it... open questions, I suppose, is the is the best way. So, how, so what? How, what do you feel about what's this like? Oh, I think of it, but not just oh, is it? What time do we make a cup of tea for such and such a person? Because that's what you do when you're a runner. You've got you've got to go and deliver deliver some a cup of coffee to Denise Van Outen, Johnny Vaughan in the studio maybe if you're if you're if you're at that level of the rung for um, privilege as, as a runner you you give you you're going to make coffee for the presenters the most important thing or the biggest way of learning about how things work and it's sort of obvious is to talk to ask questions mm. you're not given a ground plan or a of the full scheme of of it but people on the on the floor in the office wherever um just that i i mean i can't help it i just have a need to have conversations anyway um but not 
asking for facts, not asking for, and it, it's not even it's not even having an agenda of, oh, I want to know about this, I want to know about that. My, I find that I'm my nature is being curious of just almost the mundane, almost the the feeling or the opinion, the don't, you know, it's not impressive, I suppose, I suppose this is it, the, um, it's not impressive to be rigid and diligent with a, I'm doing my homework for my career progression to get to the next stage by doing, I mean, it is to a bit, if you're, you know, you're, but making personal connections with people and you won't with everybody, and I certainly don't. Um, but when you do, it's sincere and it's genuine. And that is where the, not being desperate, not being um, as if it's calculated. Yeah, because I, th- I think that can that can happen when you're starting out, yeah. uh, like in a, in a runner position or whatever. You know, I, I can remember... Uh, having runners and so forth where where like a runner would come up to you out of the blue and go what do you want me to do with this xlr or you know and they would and they would drop drop in terminology or or or, or so to, to obviously illustrate to you that they know something and i would always find myself then saying well how are you <laughs> you know and, and trying to get them to actually because i i think there's a pressure that you feel like you this is your moment and you must show the, all your knowledge in in thirty seconds, <laughs> and, and that's not the thing to do necessarily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and it's, and it's, it's you you only learn that from doing it in the first place, and then thinking, oh, that was awkward, or did I get? When you drop your guards and show, be honest, be show vulnerability, show, admit what you don't know rather than show off what you think you know, because people actually like to impress you back that they know what you don't know. You know, it's flattering. It's flattering for people. You can only help people who show their vulnerability and ask questions. You can't really help somebody who tells you they know everything. Yeah. Oh, totally. Totally. And that's... And and being honest about... Because we're, you know, we're... we're we start off and we're wanting to get impressed, to get a job, do an interview. And yeah, I'm, <clears throat> I'm very experienced and I'm very good under pressure and I can do this and that and it's no problem. It's mostly bullshit and um, always, made, you know, CVs. Uh, they're not... People make, make, make claims about themselves understandably to to impress but there's nothing more charming or um what yeah warming charming to somebody else to admit where you are unsure and to um seek their help seek somebody's help as long as it's not something really basic you know that's that's that all backfire, um, and I suppose on on, on that point, it, it's um, I mean, at producing 
the stuff that you do and obviously working with comedians as much as you do um, I mean people always ask me like what's it like to work with actors and, and presenters and I can't and, and correct me if I'm wrong I can't think of of people who may be potentially more difficult emotionally vulnerable uh, and, and have very various issues than comedians because comedians are quite unique beasts I think they, they have to be they, they are themselves that's that's all they've got. that's what they've got they are and that's what I've it's quite late discovering um, discovering that's where I'm good at dealing with I'm I'm mm. I have a struggle with routine and uh, repetition um you know these these are these are different things i've learned are connected to being having adhd so i've it's a that's okay. a that's a fairly recent diagnosis and it and it has helped explain why I've made different decisions along the years and why I'm in the career path that I have had, but it also, it also explains the problems of where, what I've experienced as well and the challenges of fitting in and doing. So live, live comedy became the, the new approach because it suits, it suits me to the ground because it's immediate, it's massively um, variable with individuals. And I, you know, in particular, my shows are improv live comedy. So there's, not, there's no repetition. And, and I've only really understood it since that that's why I'm doing it. It's like a natural, I found my, I found my world yeah. after, afterwards and then the diagnosis, ah, of course, that's where you would end up. Type thing. Does that make sense? No, perfectly. Because I think I, th I think if you need if if you need a constantly kind of changing, if you need the stimulus, I guess. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And 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 you know, make media, TV production, films, documentaries, all of that, um, provided. Provides that, provides that. But, you know, I've always, all of the, it's, law wouldn't have. Law, law is massively structured, um, predestined concepts, or um, predestined. And as much as the theory of law, as I, you know, I chose to study, you know, it's totally satisfied that curiosity, that um, stimulus, the debate, the change of, yeah, that's all theoretical, arguing and making cases one way or another, that, that, that works. And that has, that has always informed um, the, the work that I've done ever since. But it became clear when I knew what the job of being a lawyer would be well it meant sitting down in one place for a longer period of time then i'm able to um yeah but it, it must be that the i mean i've always said that if, if you want to be a producer in whatever genre whatever field it's pretty good to have a business and law understanding because 
I think you do you're not dealing with it in the way a lawyer deals with it, but you are dealing with every interaction with somebody and making things happen is 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 the starting point of a contract, be it be it verbal, and therefore you have to understand how these things work. And I would imagine has has that informed the way you you approach your business and so because for, formats are you know they're they're IP they're 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 important and understanding of that is important. I think it's the having having an eye on the bigger picture, the world, the world even just the structure of how things move in a outside of whatever your creative field is. It's just how does it fit in with everything else? How do the mechanics of the world affect what you might be trying to create or produce? So I'm not, I wouldn't, an artist, this is, this is how I, I think an artist, a creative in, the, in a more narrow sense, in a, they're focused on a very, on a smaller, this is my, I can paint. I've got a, a technique of, how I edit or film or write or it requires a lot of concentration into a smaller world. Um, my, yeah, and it becomes about mastery of, 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 of a specific set of skills. Yes, yeah, yeah. Master, yes. And, and I think I've, uh, you know, the, the phrase, uh, a, a jack of all trades and master of none, yeah. that I think applies to being a producer more than anything in that you've got to i mean a jack is probably a bit um lower down the scale i think um a james or a, or a <laughs> um something a bit more a bit more attent, yeah, yeah. more you have to be interested pay attention to all of the different bits and bobs all of the different roles and have some competence with them you know it's not just Oh, I know it exists. Yeah, and that also includes like production management, um, budgeting, shed, all of mm. that. A producer, a producer makes it happen. To make things happen, you've got to know everything. You know, all a bit of everything. As I was saying, to somebody, it's. It, I suppose it's not. You're not production managing, as in you are a sort of project manager, although that is part of it you are also herding cats because every show, every production, whatever it is, has so many yeah. new variables <laughs> that, yeah. that, or you have to be a good juggler, you know, and you need to know how to deal with all these different things. Um, yeah. Adapt, versatile, respond to change quickly, not get, I mean, this, this is a, um, planning, ADHD people, not very good at planning, but what we're good at is being comfortable with a change of plan. And so like a, a firefighting or a good under pressure to respond without losing it, because that's, that's, that's like normal, <laughs> um, because we have had a plan in the first place. So in, in, in some ways. In some way, so it's been versatile to a, to adapt to a plan. I mean, the the challenges I have are following someone else's plan. I will make my own, but following someone else's plan. So the, making having collaborations or working with a team and having a team 
Um, I think I'm good in a team. Um, I'm not necessarily best to lead it, but there are um, awareness of everybody else and what their strengths are, what their what their skills are, and letting go and not having to trusting other individuals. I think is massively important to try and do. Ideally, we all want to be in the best team. We all want to have the best people doing what they're best at. And I think there's often a tendency for individual producers like myself is to find it hard to be trusting of other people because we would do it ourselves. And, 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 do, you, and do you think, because obviously you, you, you've set up your own business with this and so 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 it's you've you've obviously got this strong streak of entrepreneurial skills and attitudes and i mean that i suppose may, maybe a good producer is an entrepreneur because it's the same kind of mindset do you think uh, yeah absolutely business is part yeah a key part of it because to the mindset to think right want to make something happen whatever it is whatever it is it's going to require stakeholders or customers or what's going to fuel it. Money. It's gonna there's gonna be money needed. Otherwise it's a hobby and it's just what you can persuade your mates to do and just have a bit of a laugh, get a camera, go out to the park. You know, that that's fair enough. Good to play around, have an idea, but to and I think that's the step up from being an, a good organizer of mates or other people and being persuasive, being a sale. It's, and there's sales in it. There's sales in persuading other people to do things and get involved. You know, come and join my team, join my club. We're going to meet up every week and we're going to talk about whatever, books. And there's someone who organizes that type of thing. But it's not a job. It's not a business. Um, so to get to the next level, a producer, the producer role is to make it serious in some way, make it effective, make it, make it properly viable. And, um, so understand the lines or the, where to stop as well. We can't. If you're creative, making something creative. I mean, this is the world of creative arts that if there was enough money for all of the projects that we're doing without having to publish or produce, we could just keep doing it. We could just keep editing and editing the same thing. We could get to, you know, we, there's no perfection. There's not a complete ever finished thing. The A budget manages that end you know you need you need a finite amount of money i think to make the best finished product i suppose innovation often comes out of uh necessity and restriction so so you know we're we're seeing right now with covid a lot of people having to innovate because 
there's a there's a blockage <laughs> of, of of how to do it. I mean, do you want to talk a little bit because you you obviously suddenly found yourself as a producer of live shows, and suddenly every venue in the country is closed, and you 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 to use the startup term pivoted. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I'm, I'm always and have always been pretty poor to be honest, and so that's um, so working under um, restricted restricted situations have I think have brought the best out of me um so my my, my very first tv commission um I mean that was nearly nearly 20 years ago um came about while I wasn't homeless but I'd split up with uh, with an ex and I was I was at a really low point but it yeah something really great came out of it and um, because I yeah. was forced to go more wholehearted into the the idea that I had, and that and that became a TV show that was um, Pop Will Shoot Itself. Got that with Play UK, which is former BBC Three. So that in um, that was under duress and. And I'm motivated. That works. That works for me to push, push, and take ch- take chances. I suppose. And so, mm. when there is a change of um, a change of plan. Okay, before COVID, I'm just thinking as well with like with comedy shows. When the live comedy shows happen, sometimes a comedian drops out last minute. And I've, I've got to the place right. now where, great, there's an opportunity for somebody else. And so there's like credit to offer that to somebody else. It's not, it's not so disabling. Um, so a, what might seem like a disaster forces me to capitalize on it and find a positive angle on it give somebody else that I've been meaning to get involved with the show anyway. Here's an opportunity. They're very happy. The person who's had to drop out is really happy because I've covered it and they're not worried. So, so that, and so when COVID um, and lockdown occurred, it wiped out the plans for the year that included uh Edinburgh Fringe, which is the whole month of August. That's that was like fifty shows there. There was three other festivals that I got my shows booked into in the summer, and they I'd, ne- I'd never done those big festivals before either. So that was like a new exciting thing. Um, yeah. I was doing weekly shows in London. Um, before Christmas, that was happening fine. I had started continuing them in January, and then so they they were all cancelled. There was no live shows, and uh, that and also I had a number of charity booking um, shows and private shows where I actually get paid uh, as well. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. there needed to be a. A rethink of what 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 now what how do we do this um fortunately 
my um fortunately there were the the tv commission with cbbc for my family friendly this is your trial show now called monster court that came about and so that was perfect timing for a confidence of it's not not all's lost um just for the context of the audience uh uh Essentially, the format you have for your live shows is now commissioned as a, as yeah. a children's TV yes. show for yes. the BBC. Yes, and so that you know that format, this is your trial, has existed as a live show for about seven years, and done hundreds of them. But that's the core and the of my getting into live comedy. I sort of struck gold with it as a very repeatable format and versatile format that can um, go to festivals, be done privately. And then ultimately, I mean, I always thought it could be a TV show. Always thought that was, that was like a plan. And, and in many ways it was late to be realized as a TV show and be commissions. Right. Tried many times or it was with a production company pitched many times to different broadcasters in in the UK and had some really close calls and thinking, oh yeah, this is this is the one. So BBC with Clive Anderson, and you know, big he's a he's a big deal, big name. He he did some of the shows and and then ITV two with Joey Essex, who's um a reality TV star who was actually really good. He was really good to be fair, but, um, and then there was a show that, um, Dave channel commissions with Ramesh Ranganathan as, as judge Ramesh. Oh yes. Yeah. yeah. And that was, that, that messed everything up, um, because it was too similar, but, there was a key, a key experience for me with that. The company that produced it, I was, I'd met, well, no, I, I turned down a meeting with them. I was introduced to them by a lawyer, ironic. Um, I, I mm. hired this lawyer to look at my option arrangements for the format with another production company that lawyer worked for this other production company as well and said maybe consider meeting with them to discuss your idea i didn't so i went with the first production company and then that other production company went and made something similar it was different enough and i think it's a right. it was oh. a lesson or a and it's I'm not paranoid about um, theft, stealing ideas. I think it's a, but it's a, isn't it? Because people are, mm. people do get that way. I know I didn't invent a courtroom trial that existed. That was uh, happening every day. Um, I, my concept was, I guess, derivative of, all sorts of other things we've seen on TV of, of 
entertainment using a courtroom and lawyers. But it was it was quite hard to take. It, it, I think, and, and this is an important point for for, for people. It's that idea it's a catch-22 isn't it as a producer you have to go out there and talk to people about your ideas before they're formed or or, or fully developed and that is a risky business uh it's also problematic because quite often there is a zeitgeist of certain ideas and therefore sometimes you it can genuinely you know we, we see it with films all the time people are making films about a similar topic and and it's not necessarily always that somebody has stolen an idea it could just be in the zeitgeist but it's 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 a really messy business sharing ideas as a and particularly as a producer because that's your sort of bread and butter i would encourage if you've if you've got ideas just talk about them just talk about them and do them make them make it happen i have no regrets of um sharing telling because it's actually quite difficult to make them happen because we can all, I mean, we can write a, oh, I've got an idea. This is a sentence. It's a sentence. It's a, it's a phrase. It's a, it's a, oh, put this and this together and then see. That's not, that's not an idea enough to be worth anything. No, well, it's, it's like when, how many people have you met over the years who will say, oh, I thought, you know, I had the same idea as YouTube or I had the same idea as Facebook. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but you didn't do it did you it's that great line in the social network if you had made facebook then you would have made facebook and and that is often the distinction everyone can have an idea the the kind of winners are the ones that make it and that's an unfortunate um so yeah i think i mean that that, that's a good reflective way to be because i think early particularly if you're earlier in your career it's a hard a hard thing to swallow oh it's it's i've i've had lots of um conversations with younger um younger younger people i did some work for university in luton with the media department there and having hearing their ideas for films that they wanted to make and you know and how um and i often might speak to young young um, comedians with ideas for a tv show and and the they get a little bit uptight about. I want to ask you about this, and uh, but I, I can't tell you it all because I'm not interested. I can't be asked to, you know, hear it. I'm not going to steal it. I'm not going to steal. I've got no. It's it's um, that stealing. I don't think happens as much as what is feared at all because no because because creative people at the higher level they want to they've got their own ideas they've got you know they've, they they want to make their own ideas it's not like um so in my my experience and that example my idea isn't on and you know it's not all that unique but making a funny courtroom situation putting comedians as lawyers it's like oh of course in a way of course, but to make it work, you have to do it. You have to get examples of it. It's not just a piece of paper that says it. No. You have to do it, and it might not have, and I know how to make it work from doing it. And there's, yeah, understanding the zeitgeist or whatever that we are 
all watching the same news, um, noticing different trends and the zeitgeist of whatever's popular jokes. Comedians, I mean, this is theft of jokes is a is a thing, um, or it's a concern very specific with live comedy um when it it's the worst thing it's the worst thing to do but and it doesn't happen an awful lot and when it does it's really pulled apart and and then it, even then the com- comedians are aware of it being a trope of you know that well of course that idea was going to come up into a thing. And, and a joke is a joke. It's a 30-second bit and they can drop it. And, oh, I didn't realise you were doing it. You've already made it and owned it. I don't need to do it again. That's, that's yeah, sort yeah. of how it should go. Yeah. Um, uh, not, 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 you know, I think the days of sort of Dennis Leary kind of <laughs> regurgitating Bill Hicks are kind of few and far between. I, I, you do see it, of course, like word-for-word jokes replayed. But... Um, often funnily enough by more comedy presenters who've gone and seen a stand-up rather than necessarily lots of stand-up I I see a lot of jokes that have been lifted from the stand-up circuit float up into television kind of and that could even just be the writers of those rather than the the actual presenter Uh, yes yes definitely that's definitely it's and that's 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 um not say shameful yeah, that's not fair. That's not fair that because um, the presenters are not that. Well, then they generally presenters are not generally doing their own scripts. Exactly. Um, yeah. There'll be a team. Um, ideally, there's a team of comedians helping to p- provide jokes towards it. If there is something that's on the circuit. And all of the comedians know this is the thing. All of the comedians know each other. They they mix. They're on similar different bills. It the word gets around super quickly, and it's um, yeah attributable very quickly. And then you could then they look and see whose show it was, who's working on the show, who wasn't working on the show. Was it? Yeah, it co- it comes up. But I think. I, I was watching um, uh, Glenn Wool with uh, Doug Stanhope on on like an election Zoom the other day, and then like hundreds of other comedians, and it was really fascinating because you were you it, to me watching that Zoom was almost like a little bit more like being in a green room or a, a writers' room because it was just a bunch of comedians hanging out late yeah. at, at night on on Zoom covering the election. It was I don't know about twenty or thirty people, and it, and you're right. You and when you looked at the the kind of like monitor list you wouldn't necessarily put some of you wouldn't know these comedians were connected because they're they're from different countries they live in different places they're on what from an audience perspective different circuits but actually it's a very tight community oh totally totally and 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 like i think with all creative industry the you'll oh what's the phrase you know you can do it once you get away but do it uh, do it again and you'll get caught. No, film me. I mean, there's that film me once, film me twice. But it's there's reputation. There's reputation. So I like with 
my development creation of ideas and f- where and how to follow through you've got to follow through you've got to a piece of paper isn't enough for uh, an original piece of work it, it, well I, I suppose that that that's the important thing but like the idea is not enough you need uh, you need a number of elements some of them have to be unique so it has to be the char- a character or it has to be a, a format point of something that you do in the show that is unique you know the 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 ones that I well, the voice has the spinning chairs that's what makes it the format essentially otherwise it's the x factor yeah 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 and and so you you have to have these elements and and it's like somebody could do your show with non non pro comedians and it would be an inferior yes pro, do you know what I mean so it, yes your access to the comedians that you have and then you know also over i'm i'm sure like when you i think i was at your first show you know you had to do it like like what am i grab i'm grabbing a wig i'm grabbing a gavel i'm writing up the sign you know and then over time you've got a brand and you build all of this up and and that's what makes your you know ultimately you've you've nailed that format because it's like a sculpture you chip away and you chip away and eventually it the the perfect uh sculpture reveals itself and and also i'm I had a peculiar niche of knowing law. Yes. You know, yeah. so so do do things about what you know. You know, then it's more your then it's more your idea. And it becomes it's more likely to be a solid um, construction of an idea if you've got a particular edge on anyone else about that. So come so I found a angle of introducing law into live comedy and because i had some of the language some of the understanding that you could you couldn't just wade into it and have a go at that without actually having the the experience of doing the law bit as well and so when often when talking to others about ideas for something that they might have my first question i i i i, I do a thing called um dave's idea clinic kickstarter which, which anyone can just work out the abbreviation of um and this is this is one of my pivot points of like oh what the hell am i gonna do i've got to stay at home um yeah. having meet zoom meetings with people who might have an idea to help develop their idea and and it not not just about formats but just anything because i think i'm good at offering feedback and having broad experience of stuff anyway people coming to me one of the first questions is what do you know you know what do you do what do you know separate to the whatever the idea might be and wherever, wherever their expertise, the surprising expertise or knowledge or nuance, and they will say, oh, but that's nothing to do with what the idea is. But that personal background experience, that's, that's your difference to anyone else having, there's yeah. a shortcut to be more impressive if you include what you know as a specialist you might be into 
Do you see what I mean? It's... If, if, if you kind of imbibe your ideas with a sense of you, that will ultimately bring a uniqueness to it, right? Because it's got your, your DNA in it then. Fundamental. That's, 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 the, that's it. I think that's so important. Is the trick, particularly as a sort of producer or a, a, a kind of creative ideas person then, is I suppose you really need to know who you are. Also, you have to have a self-awareness. You have to have an understanding of what makes you tick. Massively, massively. I think you've got to be always thinking um, thinking about that and, and listening to other people tell you who and what you are. I think it's um, the most... Um, convincing way of selling your idea is because you've, you're selling yourself. You, you've got, they've got to believe in you attached to the idea. Not, um, I don't think you can ever, I, th- I think it's a harder, it's, well, it's always, it's a, it's a different thing. The, we, we sort of imagine, oh, I'll just churn out ideas and, they're bought off. I put them on the shelf and see who wants to buy that one and that one and that one. That's that might happen in selling records, but that's at the same time, you people buying records, they've bought into the person creating the records. I, yeah, knowing yourself, knowing you, knowing what you're, what you're into, being sincere, being um, dogged, and Going through with it, call call your own bluff, I suppose. If it's if you're not going to if you're not going to try and see what it is that your idea is about, it's it's so vague, isn't it? What oh, an idea? What an idea? I I remember you know for the context of the audience, I remember you coming. I think we had a meeting. And, and and we worked together. So so I remember you coming in, and it was it was a sort of more informal chat. And you you expressed that you had this idea, and I can remember very clearly that you had excitement in it, you had passion for it, but you were also being vulnerable and saying, "I, I haven't worked it all out. I don't. Know. I just want to give it a go." And then that that kind of I could tell that you were going to do it, like people. I speak to people or did speak to people all the time then who would come in and go, I've got this idea for this. And you knew that they weren't going to do it because they didn't, they were looking for approval from you rather than they were, they were sort of testing the idea. And that's yes. what you, 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 you were like, I just want to, I, I have to say it aloud. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to do it anyway. I don't really, I don't think you cared whether I loved it or not or whatever. That wasn't the point. It was the point of like, you had to get it out of your head. And I can remember then go, like going to one of the early shows and it was obvious that like you were going to make this happen. Yes. And, and it had legs. And, and, and I think that's because it's you, not necessarily just because like you can look at a format and go, oh, that's a winning format. But it isn't if it hasn't got the talent behind it. I think commissioners buy into the talent or the people they want to work with way more than they buy into the idea. Absolutely that, yeah, and and that's um, that that's what I've been told. And with 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 other with other ideas, or with so a couple of 
documentaries that I successfully made. Um, there's there's been a number of them that I didn't get made, um, but I was involved with the development and writing and pitching. Um, but the ones that get made are the ones that you, me, um, are personally believing more. You know, it's 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 transparent. It's transparent, and the commissioner, the person making the decision, they 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 smell it. They smell it as you come into the room. They know, you know, they know it's um, and it might have. Uh, as you suggested, you know, there might be rougher edges, but there's a there's a different magic or determination or it's worth it's worth doing to develop. It. I mean, I think the smart commissioning editors are the ones that are also recognizing that they are developing talent or the person that has impressed them. So to impress, to impress isn't about having it all nailed and right. It's there's an attitude that's attached to it that you will work towards it, and you will receive their opinion. You know, you will receive the commission editors need to know that they can tweak and change and be influential. They, they they've got. They've got a need to be creative as well. So if you if you if you go into any sort of meeting and say, right, this is it, just give me the money, this is the best, you'll never get the money um, because there's an ego that people with the money they think they can make your thing better anyway. So you have to swallow some some pride, compromise, but it's worth it. It's worth it, and they're also they do know stuff. Not all of them. Not all of them, but. I think you and I, funnily enough, were lucky enough to share the same commissioning editor and and exec producer on our first stuff, even though we didn't work together then. Darren and and Mike, yeah, yeah, and and that's funny how how I, I always think very fondly of those guys as being very good, at allowing people to go with their ideas but shape it enough and be a guide from the side. Whereas other commissioners I'd worked with were like, no, you're going to do it like this, and and. No, you can't make that program that's like Apocalypse Now. You're going to go and do do this one <laughs> in France or whatever. And I wish on retrospect, I would have loved to have worked with more people like Darren and Mike. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think there were enough Darren and Mikes in television at the time. I think there is more now. I think there are much more people, commissioners. like I think the people at Netflix and that are way more like that than your atypical kind of ITV commissioner that would only want to know the, the the numbers and and who who who's the star in it have you got ant and deck you know <laughs> so yeah i yeah. i i agree and funnily enough um so darren he, he lives near he lives near me i've been hanging out with him quite a lot oh, oh nice yeah and i and i'd and i mentioned because i thought you knew each other um of course um, and so i'd um yeah, I suggested. I think, oh, would you? Would you? Basically, about putting you together to whether you, he might do this. This is. Um... I, I, I have I have him on my list to ask. In fact, oh, so, well, I, so I, it would be good to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, yeah. I've, I've raised it. Also, he then went to run the short film commission that I first started out in as well. So it, it, it even though there was no connection there, and it, that's how small 
the world is. The path of, um, for me, in with TV, my first, my first job, decent job, was as a researcher on a show called Deals on Wheels, and that was in Glasgow. So I'd moved up to Glasgow for six months. Darren Bender was working on that as a director. So I was a researcher. That's how we right. met. And on, we're both like fishes out of water, go up, to, up in Glasgow, uh, moved up from London to, um, I probably had a bit of luck because I went and stayed with someone I knew. I had a, I, I, it was some sort of connection with the city, comfort with it. Also, I'm Northern. So you get accepted quicker in Scotland if you're Northern, he's not. Um, but anyway, we, we hung out after work and um, and I told him about the transvestite filming that I'd done at university. Um, and then later, further down the line, six months maybe, he, he was, he got the job at Channel 4 for the Other Side documentaries. Yeah. He got in touch with me remembering that I told him about this um, this documentary thought the, the the transvestite and it seemed you know he uh, thought it fit might fit but it was a it was a personal relationship I told him about it but not I wasn't pitching I mean he he wasn't in a play when it, when he first heard just it's just worth the point is worth the the, the personal relationships are always going to be the ones that are your path I think to success um no. and do you know what i think that's the because we're, we're hitting the hour mark i think that's the perfect place to, to end and uh i think it's a, a a lovely point to finish on so thank you so much for your time david it's uh, been great and i i look forward to seeing monster court when it comes out uh, the children's tv show on cbbc and all the best with with the continuation of the live live comedy shows thank you I, that was great fun really in I enjoy talking about myself as well, you know. Yes. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a good, that's a good. That's a good thing for talk about yourself, producers. You, you yeah. have to. You have to. <laughs> All right. Um, Alright, mate. Lovely to speak to you, and uh, I will see you on the other side. Alright, take care. Been on myself and I proved it. I know the industry ruthless. I'm really a threat, a nuisance. The Chevy is driving is ruthless. Think I'm the one and I proved it. I know the industry ruthless. Think we're seeing the movies. It really ain't dropping out of coolness. Look at me struggling right on the